0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, depending where you are in the world watching live on YouTube. This is the Model 3 Owners Club Show, Episode 2, and we're May 17th, and uh, we got an exciting show for everybody. Hope you're able to tune in, and uh, later on you'll be able to watch this live on, uh, on our YouTube channel. And uh, we're still working out the details to get this out in a podcast format, so you just have to bear with us, and uh, eventually you'll be able to get that in your live feeds. So uh, we got so much to talk about tonight, so uh, we're going to bring in our two guests tonight, uh, our regulars, uh, Eric Camacho and Michael Bodner. So gentlemen, welcome to the show, and thanks for coming in as usual. And uh, Ian... um, is our other regular, but however, he's down in South Carolina riding on his motorcycle. He's doing the Tale of the Dragon, unfortunately. He could not reach us tonight. I was trying to get him on his a, on a cell phone, but it's just not working with Skype tonight, so we'll just have to do it this way. We'll fix it in the mix, as they say. So, uh, without having getting into uh, too much stuff, boy, the big news this week that really broke. Um, Model 3 performance, yay! It's finally uh, coming soon. Now, of course, we're recording this on a Thursday, and Elon did say, you know, that we're looking at, um, you know, later in the week. So the chances are this thing might come out tomorrow, maybe even on the weekend and stuff. That's, of course, Elon time. You never know what's going to happen. So, uh, right. So uh, who wants to who wants to take the helm on this one here and start talking about uh, what you think is going to be happening here? Eric, why don't you start first, then? That's a good point. Um, yeah, some people in the chat here are saying they're having some difficulties with the sound. Um, hmm. You know what? Uh, let's just see if I can just fix this real quick, guys. Um, I apologize for this. We're using some new software. I told you before that we might have some some uh, some some little issues, um, you know, little glitches and stuff. So we're trying to. There we go. That should fix. I believe that should fix the problem for most people. Just give me one more second, folks. Uh, sorry, folks. We're just we're <laughs> we're learning as we go. Uh, there we go. So if we do that now, now we should have Eric. Uh, you know what? I'll bring the two boys in, and then. Um, i do a quick test there. can't hear the guests. Yeah, there's a little bit of a delay, so hopefully I've got this right. Um, no sound. I can hear you clicking. Yes, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost like I almost want to start over, but uh, anyways, uh, we'll just see what we get. I mean, we are putting out the audio, of course, and uh, it will get recorded uh, as we go here. So can you guys just do a, qu- a-, a quick line test here so I can make sure that I got both of you on audio? Sure. Yep. How does that sound? Cool. Yes. Uh, Brad Moran says it's all good. So yeah, I think I think we got it fixed though. All right. All right. Apologize for that, folks. We will. Um, I'm going to save this session so I don't screw it up for next time. Apologize for that. New software. You know how it goes, right? Okay. Um. Right. So getting back to our, our discussion here. Uh. You know the the issue of the performance model three. So obviously we're looking at you know, potentially a larger motor in the back of the car. Um, some other options like, uh, you know, the, what did they say? The white seats looks like it might happen, even though he said, well, we weren't too sure. There was some different interpretations of that. So I think, um, uh, yeah, we're going to be looking at um, definitely some, uh, you know, some more options as far as that's concerned. Um, again, still no indication of, of the base battery pack. Uh, I think that's um, a little bit later. Now, however, my feeling is that since production seems to be really increasing, and we'll talk about that here as our second point um, going forward, that... We may end up seeing the base battery a little sooner than what Tesla's predicted in the past or what they put on the estimator. Um, Any particular thoughts on that, guys?
1: Uh, Yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll jump in there. Um, I I definitely think so as we segue into uh, speaking about production volumes picking up. Um, Just to go back to performance and dual motor, that's a good sign for standard battery as well. The more configurations they throw into the mix, the more comfort they have with the production line. And uh, ratcheting things up, I think that's only a positive for standard battery happening sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, yeah I kind of agree. The other thing, too, is I think, um, you know, it's, it's kind of been leaked a little bit, of course, because Franz von holzhausen has been driving around a Model 3, and uh, all indications show that it's definitely a performance car, is that we're going to get, I, I hope, Tesla being Tesla, (laughs) that we're going to get the red letters, you know, the Tesla spaced out like they did on the Roadster instead of just the T symbol. I think that would look really, really sharp. Um, I think um, there's a company out there, Abstract Ocean, just tweeted out a picture where they have those appliques. So if those of you that want to debadge the car and put that on, hey, knock yourself out, that would be pretty cool. I I think that would be pretty neat. Um, So anyways, uh, speaking about that, I think we can really get into, um, you know, it looks like production is exceeding, what is it, 4,000 cars a week? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, over 4,000 cars a week now, which is really encouraging because we're like this close to getting to 5,000. So they say they want to get there to um, to 5,000 by the end of June, I think it was. And then um, they're hoping to get a sustain rate sometime in the next few months up to 6,000. So, um, you know, Tesla's been relatively quiet about the situation about getting to 10,000. But, you know, when you're at six and you got, you know, another four, you know, it shouldn't be too much longer before we actually see that full production. Um yeah, I'm really inc- it, it, you know, the production thing is looking quite encouraging now. It seems like they, you know, they got past some of their bottlenecks and um, you know, really increasing some of that production stuff. Um, speaking of which, uh Model 3 deliveries started in Canada. So, Yeah, yeah. Um I was there on site um at least in Ontario I got to witness the very first one and uh there was a lot of excitement. Um unfortunately, Uh, Tesla didn't let me video the whole thing so um, yeah being as it was I I had better luck uh, videoing outside but anyways uh, to make a long story short a lot of excitement the employees were all clapping it was a a pretty pretty neat deal Um, I just had to go down there for service on my Model X to make an appointment for something minor and uh, they certainly have a a number of them on the lot now so uh, deliveries are happening in dribs and drabs right now at the delivery centers but uh, they're going to be moving to the international center uh, sometime in the first week of June so uh, they're expecting um, much larger uh, deliveries at that point. There's trucks coming in daily. So, uh, right now, it's just they're just spooling things up. And, and you know, I know uh, on the Facebook group, some people have been asking, well, why don't they just do everything at the International Center? Um, There's just not enough volume yet to warrant leasing that place out because it's a a pretty large establishment to to get that. So very encouraging. Um, You know, I was just in Montreal last weekend too, and I met up with some people down there. And uh, they're starting to get VINs now, so everybody's getting, you know, pretty excited about that whole thing. So it's, it's looking really good. Part of the thing, though, too, we have to remember, and I know that a lot of people in the U.S. have been complaining because they haven't been getting VINs. And you have to remember, and I think we talked about this on the last episode, that Tesla's doing everybody a solid on this. What they're trying to do here is staunch that 200,000th delivery on the cars, right? And by doing that um, and and shifting more deliveries to Ontario, that does two things. First of all, um, it pretty much guarantees everybody a $7,500 credit, at least for the first uh, quarter or two, and I forget what the numbers are, um, in the US once they hit that 200,000th delivery. And for us, we've also been hearing through the grapevine that because of our upcoming election, where the new pot- potential political party coming into power that want to get rid of all the incentives. Um, Tesla's mm-hmm. trying to deliver as many cars as they can in Ontario so people can actually claim that full $14,000 rebate. So they're, they're trying to do everybody a solid as, as much as they can. So that's, that, you know, that garners some pretty goodwill, right? So um, yeah, pretty excited about that. Anyhow, uh, let's see here. What else have we got to talk about? Uh, Model 3, best-selling sedan in the U.S., Pretty soon, mm-hmm. <laughs> according to Elon, anyways. Um, the guys that, uh, inside EVs have been tracking this quite quite a lot as far as deliveries are concerned. And I think at least for the foreseeable future, um, certainly well into June and beyond, um, Model 3 is just going to kill everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just my feeling, anyways. Uh, you know, Whether that's sustainable long-term, I don't know. There's just so much pent-up demand for this car right now that it doesn't surprise me that we're going to be um, doing a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of sales and stuff on that. Um, I know that, Eric, you came from a Honda Fit. Right. Right. And, um, Michael, what did you have before?
1: The uh, Hyundai Sonata.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, I was having a discussion with someone last week um, on a podcast, and uh, they basically said, well, you know, the Model 3 is really positioned at the BMW 3 Series and stuff, so those are the people that are shopping that car. And I know for a fact that that's not true. <laughs> I know a lot of people, including both of you, are, are not coming from that same caliber of car. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's doing that. I'm just saying that there are right. a certain portion of people that are coming and, and cross shopping. But there's a considerable amount of people that are looking at getting into a Model Three because of the fuel savings and stuff. Of course, gas prices just keep going up and mm-hmm. up and up. Um, so they're starting to factor that into the cost, of the owner to, total cost of ownership of the car. So that's why I'm I'm seeing you know a definite shift from. The low to mid-range into the premium sedan market. Of course, Tesla calls this a, a premium sedan. Thank you very much. They seem to have lost the right. uh, the moniker of mass market or mass mass market. That's what they call it. <laughs> it's not mass market. It's mass volume yeah. for Tesla, right? So that's that's quite encouraging. Um, any thoughts yeah. on that, guys?
1: Yeah, Trevor. Well, uh, you know, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead, Eric. Sorry.
0: No, please. All right.
2: So my, my thought on that is really twofold. Uh, the first part is that uh, with the tax incentive, some folks in their minds are already saying, well, if the car is going to be maxed out at, say, 60000 after taxes, I know I'm going to get about 7500 give or take back uh, my refund in 2019, which sort of lowers the value of the car to close to about fifty two, fifty-three thousand. And then when you add in the the gas savings of the car, then you're talking maybe now into the upper 40s after several years of ownership. So for for many folks who are looking at, you know, in the case of Hyundai Sonata, as Michael was talking about, you know, that car you're talking about upper 20s, maybe low 30s, depending upon your features and customizations. So for a few thousand dollars more, now you're entering in after all of the savings and and the tax incentive. Now, a vehicle that might be affordable for a lot of families. And, you know, if you're looking at comparisons or performance of vehicles, we can look at BMW i3 series and others. But I think in terms of total cost, uh, it's a matter of just it's the it's the minus minuses, minus that eventually gets down to what is the final number. And that's where people, I think, are making their comparisons five years down the road, per se.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like I said, it's it's still early days. We haven't reached cost parity. Right, So if you're cross-shopping with gasoline cars, the cost of entry is still high. But once you factor in the right. total cost of ownership, at least initially, it's certainly cheaper. Now, in a few years' time, of course, when there's more competition on the market and the cars get cheaper and stuff, then it's basically a no-brainer. I mean, you would just be crazy not to buy an electric vehicle compared, you know, tax credit or not. Um, yeah. It's still early days. You know, the thing is is that, and I try to remember to tell people that um, a, t- a tax credit or a rebate or whatever – as an incentive is not a reward, you know, it's not to say, oh, good for you, here's, you know, here's some money for you. It's really, Mm -hmm. it's an incentive to get you to look at something that you wouldn't normally otherwise look at because of the cost factor. I mean, I'll give you an example. Here in Ontario, a number of years ago, uh, the government wanted us to switch the CFL light bulbs, for better or for worse just putting mm-hmm. it out there, that, that we're giving a, uh, they were giving everybody a $5 rebate because at the time, you know, the light bulbs were, were, were more expensive. Of course, now we switched to LEDs, and the situation's repeated itself. But now you can go to the dollar store and buy, you know, LED light bulbs for your house. And, of course, the rebates are no longer required. So uh, electric vehicles are largely the same way. Uh, you know, the incentives mm-hmm. are there just to get the ball rolling. And then once the cost, of course, in the mass market with, with the batteries getting cheaper and stuff, you just don't need the incentive, um, uh, right away so i know that these are still early days and everybody's still counting on the rebates i get that and that's good i mean i did too i mean let's not be uh mm-hmm. let's, let's not be fools about it right um <laughs> so you know but but it's encouraging and um unfortunately sometimes politics gets involved and stuff and you know they have different mm-hmm. agendas and stuff so yeah it's it's unfortunate but um it is what it is so okay let's see here what else
1: oh Trevor i was just going to yeah. add yeah, go ahead, Mike. Uh, so my car is officially 99 days old <sighs> um, I, was, oh, I remember
0: you, 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 you had sent me this statistic so everybody pay attention to this yeah, this is a big deal Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to read out some of these I, I might do my own little tiny video on this try to put together something that looks better than a spreadsheet we'll see um, but in 99 days I've driven just over 5,700 miles on pace for 21,000 in the year that's more than what I used to drive um, this has become the only <laughs> car we drive on the weekend so it's piled on the miles my wife's car doesn't move anymore on the weekend anyway in 99 days, I have spent $160.35 on electricity at home. Um, at the current electric rates here in Florida, I don't have solar. And if I had my Hyundai Sonata getting about 25 miles per gallon, and that's being fair, I usually got lower than that. Mm-hmm. At the current gas prices of $285 per gallon here, I would have spent $653.57 wow. on gas. Wow. In one year, I save $1,818. In five years, over $9,000. So you take mm-hmm. what I had, which was a $33,000 car. Now I've got a $56,000 car, but throw $9,000 in the middle, plus the $7,500 mm-hmm. $7, tax credit, which I was fortunate enough to get on this, um, and then all the maintenance that we'll, we'll factor in over time and we'll see. But but realistically, the more I drive, the cheaper this car becomes as compared to the other mm-hmm. car place. So it's just... It's really exciting to see that, and, uh, and I'm just going to keep keep watching this, and as maybe I take my foot off that right pedal a little bit more, those numbers should even improve
0: more. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what mm-hmm. I tell people. I mean, the more you drive an EV, the cheaper it gets, right? And I find mm-hmm. myself, I mean, I've had my car for uh, five months now. So it'll be six months on the 18th of next month. I've put, uh, let's see here, 16,000 kilometers on it. I don't know how many miles that is. That's 95, 9,600 miles or something like that. And, yeah, uh, okay. yeah, I've saved a bundle of money because gas is more expensive here, of course. I mean, we're hitting, uh, you know, dollar forty a liter. That's, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not good at the math right now. If I had paper, I'd write it right. down. Right. But it, it, it's just, and, you know, some of the people who are here are predicting that we're going to see $2 a liter next year, which is just insane. That's right. I mean, that's, that's over $6 a gallon. So, um, right, yeah. and. It's funny, though, too, because I want to make a point about this, Is is and we've seen this many times before, is that history is kind of repeating itself. When the economy tanked in 2008, people stopped buying SUVs, and they went and bought economy cars. And of course, GM was caught flat footed. They didn't have anything to offer, of course. You know, So that kind of contributed to some of their woes as far as the bankruptcy is concerned. And I feel that this recent news, and I hate to you know kind of diverge a little bit here but the situation with Ford saying that we're only going to keep the Mustang and you know and and we're going to do SUVs and trucks the timing couldn't be worse um, especially if you don't have anything to offer in terms of EVs and stuff so you know gas prices are not getting any cheaper in the U.S. either so you know these gas prices keep going up and then the buying habits are going to change again and people are going to start getting rid of SUVs And they're going to start going to, you know, EVs and smaller cars just to kind of get around this, you know, this, 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 you know, the hike in the gas prices, right? So I feel for Ford, uh, you know, I feel bad in the sense that I hope they can survive this crunch or maybe it's a little bit premature. Any thoughts on that?
2: I agree. I mean, it's, it's the first thought that came to mind when hearing about the prices of fuel in Canada. I mean, you know, in the U.S., we sell obviously gas per gallon and in Canada, it's by the liter and when people hear the prices of at first without the measurement attached to it. They're like, oh, it's it's not much more expensive in Canada. And they go, yeah, but that's per liter. And then their heads go, what? It's 3. um, 3.78 so-
0: liters to the gallon.
2: Right. So it is it is insanely expensive right now. And as you said, it's expected to rise pretty high over the course of the summer and then even higher into the following year. And we expect in the U.S. to also see gas prices increase over summer. Um, so these these fluctuations continue to happen. But, you know, it's it's been some time now since we've seen gas in the U.S., uh, maybe just below two dollars per gallon. It's been above two dollars a gallon for quite some time now. And when you're driving in an in, in internal combustion vehicle, and you're looking at the efficiency you're getting per gallon, you know, the age of your vehicle, obviously, as your vehicle gets older, your fuel efficiency begins to decrease. So there's a lot of factors at play here. And when Ford's basically saying is, listen, we're content getting rid of our, our sedans, we're, we're fine getting rid of our cars, we're going to focus on our fleet of trucks. And granted, they do well selling trucks, but we also know that trucks are tend to be a not very fuel-efficient vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if gas prices continue going up, and really when you're looking at, obviously, all the different manufacturers that are out there, you're know, looking to Ford for reliability in their trucks, you're going to find it, but you're also going to have a vehicle that over time is going to cost you a lot in maintenance, in parts, uh, in gasoline usage, so all of that. And um, you know, for people who are looking at EVs, the question they always come down to is, we, but I can get to a gas station, I'm in and out in five or ten minutes, can't be the same thing with an EV. I'm like, right, but you also don't fuel your car while you're sleeping. In a gas vehicle, you can do that in an electric vehicle. So it's it's trying to get them to understand that there are there are things you can do to compare them. Uh, but you you just can't be the value of an EV at all.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's it's just it's it's frustrating, you know, to see such a great car and you know great technology and stuff largely ignored by the masses, and it really takes you know education on the part and stuff i mean uh, i'm a, i'm the kind of guy that I drive around and you know tesla owners generally fairly accommodating to you know to show people the vehicles and stuff of course you got to be careful because um, you know, they are premium vehicles. So, you know, it kind of, you know, it sets the bar pretty high. Uh, so you, you always have to tell people, well, you know, this is kind of like, you know, the high end and stuff. You don't have to go this. There, there are cheaper cars on the market, of course, but here are all the advantages, X, Y, Z, you know, and, and you go down the list and stuff. But the main clincher I found, of course, is really is, is the, the operational costs, right? It's, it's the gas. I mean, I spend, you know, less than $20 a month on electricity to charge my car. You know, uh, so when you start factoring that in that, you know, for some people it's like, well, I can take that money that I save and put it into a better car. So there's your shoehorn into, you know, say a model three or Bolt or something to, you know, largely Mm -hmm. to those effects. Okay. All right. Enough talking about that. I was going to say, if (laughs) if I could follow up really quickly, um, (laughs) didn't plug and drive just have their one year anniversary up in Ontario? They, they most certainly did. Yeah. They just tweeted out uh, plug and drive for those of you who don't know is the first, um, Discovery center of its kind in the world, and it's um, it's funded by the cap and trade program here in Ontario, which is you know kind of a carbon tax, and they have a variety of different evs on display they have a you know chevy bolt and then in the leaf and uh you know the i3 and you know and, and a tesla on display and stuff um and people can come and actually test drive these vehicles and learn about them in a no pressure sales environment well not not even sales it's a no pressure environment because they're not doing sales they're an educational outlet and um i was talking to some of the uh, the people there um uh, and she was saying that it's been a huge huge success um it's and it's and it's two parts it's not only educating the public but it's also getting the traditional dealers involved and teaching them about um you know where is the energy come from how do you charge what's the service angle all these kind of things and stuff so um they've been they've been very successful with it yes and uh it's one of my favorite places to go because i know the people there they're genuine and uh like i said it's the best place because you know it's no pressure you can you know you want to go check out a leaf well the dealer's busy we well, can go down there and do it for free and, um, yeah, works quite well. So yeah, if you're in the Toronto area, check it out. <laughs> uh,
1: tra- yeah, I was going to because that something like – go ahead, Michael. The oh, uh, last thing I'm gonna, I, I wanted to say about the uh, the price of the car the entry point, it's still premium. You mentioned being careful. Uh, I was just at the car show that was down here in Fort Lauderdale recently, and I was actually shocked when I went and sat in a Mustang, and I thought, uh, you know – it's a classic car. Obviously, it's an icon. But I thought I was going to break the car getting into it. And I get out of the car <laughs> and then I go over to Kia and I saw the Stinger. And I have to say that really caught my eye. That was a beautiful car. Both of those cars had a sticker price of oh, $52,000 US. Um, those were shocking numbers to me. Um, I'm not saying the Model 3 is cheap by any means, but I think mm-hmm. the other cars are really starting to creep up in price. When the Model 3 gets that standard battery out and the production volume up, uh, it's going to be a force to be reckoned with at an entry price of Mm -hmm. $35,000. I I really do think that.
0: I agree with you 100%. Like up here, because of our incentive Mm -hmm. potentially going away, um, that may stall sales of the high-end vehicle. But once the standard battery variant of the Model 3 arrives, even at uh, $45,000, I mean, you can't buy uh, (laughs) – Like I went to the BMW dealership just to see what they have on the lot. Try to find a three hundred and twenty i. It's not; it's just not possible. They don't carry them. They only carry the souped up cars. They start at fifty eight fifty five. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough sell, I think, for for a lot of people. So, I think even without the incentive, you know, the base price of a Model Three is forty five thousand dollars here. It, it's a killer deal because once you factor in the gas savings and stuff, I mean, you'd be crazy not right. to look at it, right? So, I think it's going to do exceptionally well. So, right now, it's still early days, but. Um, you know, I, I'm still very encouraged about that. And that th- that thing is just going to fly off the shelves. They won't be able to keep them <laughs> on the lot. That's and it's dodger. still... Ha- has the Tesla DNA,
2: so even if you don't get the souped-up version, it still has that Tesla DNA built in. Yeah, so you know you're what, I want, a I want fun to make. Car a, to drive.
0: Yeah, you know what, I want to make a point of that. I want you guys to make a point of that to some of the viewers. Of course, you know, you guys are owners. Um, I drive a, a slightly different car, but you have to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unfortunately, a lot of the people out there still have not test driven or ridden in the car because Tesla is still not doing test drives on this car. And, and that's quite unfortunate. And I've talked to Tesla about it, and basically their line is, well, uh, we'll get to it maybe later this year. If you're really desperate to pull the trigger and you won't do it until you actually test drive a car, find an owner. That's their line, which is which is fine. Um, but I think because you guys are owners, you, you need to make sure that you, you let people know that the Tesla DNA is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And if you've driven an S or an X, that instant acceleration, the fun factor of the car, is still present. And the one thing that I've noticed, of course, with driving the Model 3 compared to the other cars is just how nimble the car feels. It's like a go-kart, mm-hmm. right? It's very direct steering. It's hella fun to drive. It's a great car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, I've had my car now for three weeks tomorrow, and every time I get the car, it's just a relaxing feel. It's so much fun. Um, I'm always discovering new things about the car every time I'm driving it. I'm always getting a lot of folks looking over in their cars like, is that a Model 3? So it's... (laughs) You know, it's it's still it's still an, a catchy car because there's not a lot of them on the road, especially where Michael and I live here in South Florida. Um, but again, it's it's a Tesla, and even even with all the negative news that might happen from an accident or something else, people are still fascinated and enamored and curious about Tesla. So um, so yeah, it's I, I know Michael's had his car now for almost 100 days, which by the way, happy birthday tomorrow for 100. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's there's something to be said about for both of us. We get in our cars and we just love being in the car if we have a short trip we hate it because we want
0: to be in the car for a long longer <laughs> yeah I find, I find myself finding excuses to go for a drive you know beautiful out <laughs> yeah get the big windshield i was downtown toronto today looking at the skyscrapers i was taking pictures of like this is so cool mm-hmm. yeah i'll uh
1: I'll, I'll add to that i've got some decency time in the model s 75 as mm-hmm. well um great fun car to drive but trev is mm-hmm. right the model 3 is a go-kart and uh I myself gravitate towards smaller cars, so I don't want to say the Model 3 is better or worse than the S or the X. It's different, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a spot-on, what Eric said, it's got the Tesla DNA. It really does, Um, and I notice it every time I go out for lunch at work, and I bring a coworker with me. They get in the passenger seat. I don't press the pedal down all the way, just a little bit, and the (laughs) giddiness... Um, And the noises that I hear coming from the passenger seat, and I've got to keep looking forward, but I'm like, are you okay over there? Um, Everyone just (laughs) freaks out at that instant torque. Um, It's a real Tesla. It is not any less of a Tesla, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, we call that the Tesla these are not, for a And reason. these are not performance cars. I mean, we're, we're right, talking right, our, right. our
2: long-range batteries. We're still, I mean, we're doing 0-16 to 16 in about 5 seconds, give or take. And there, it's not a performance car, but people hear that instant torque right as you push the pedal, and they're like, oh, my God. So imagine <laughs> having a car that's a performance version. Imagine having ludicrous speed. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have yet to experience an, uh, an S or an X with ludicrous. I can't imagine what that feels like right off the go. That's yeah. just incredible.
0: Yeah, the standard spiel I do when I take people for a ride in my Model X is I always prep them. I say, by the way, before we begin, this is the slowest car Tesla makes. <laughs> 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 Even the Model 3 is faster than this car. And I get the same reactions, right?
2: Your wife is more of the go-getter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she, she calls me old man. Oh, maybe that's what all this craze is for, right? Okay. Anyhow, I uh, want to talk about one more thing, and then, uh, you know what, we kind of missed it last week, but I want to open it up to some of the questions um, in the chat room. So those of you are watching on YouTube, um, there's a little chat box there beside the uh, the live feed. Uh, please uh, throw in some questions here and, um, you know, target it at, um, at Michael and Eric, and then hopefully these two guys can answer, and maybe I can jump in too, depending on what the question is. Um, the last thing I really want to talk about here before we kick off is uh, this issue of some of the... Uh, the bumper paint. Um, now for those of you who may not uh, be aware, I'm going to bring up a picture here real quick, just give me a second here to scale this so you can see what I'm talking about. There have been a few reports of specifically white Model 3s with uh, yellowing rear bumpers. Not the front, just the rear. Now some people, I've, I've seen one guy on a YouTube uh, put out a video where he compares his Model 3 in the sunlight and you know there seems to be, whether it's a trick of the light or whatever the case may be, um, I was at Tesla uh, in Toronto today. They had one Model 3 sitting on the lot, and I made a point of looking at the bumper, and I didn't see any evidence of this. So I don't know what's going on. There is a Reddit thread, and at the end of the video, I'll, uh, I'll put the link in the uh, video description if you guys want to see this. Um, someone in Dallas, Texas, was saying that um, Tesla was holding back deliveries of the white Model 3s um, specifically because of some of these issues at that location. I'm not saying worldwide or, or you know nationwide, whatever, uh, because they want to repaint the bumpers. So uh, so that brings me to the question here of the improving you know sort of the quality. This is a pain issue, maybe you know it's just two or three, whatever, but I 'll tell you one thing. Um, I was down at the service center today, and they had um, one, two, three, three model threes ready to be delivered, and um, I was like six inches away from the car, and I was looking at everything. The quality of these cars is amazing. they have learned so much. Um, you know, they've done such a great job on the car. Now, early cars, I've seen some early cars, and they were, you know, a little rough in some places and stuff, but I've seen a marked improvement um, on these cars, even compared to the S and the X. The, the S, You know, the S and the X still have a lot of issues, but the Model 3, this is a different animal. They've put a lot more time, and um, it just seems like from some of the videos that I've seen online that they have more robotics for inspections than they did on the S and the X. Uh, from what I saw at the production line from, you know, you're not supposed to talk about a lot of this stuff, but there's a lot more manual labor involved in the S and the X. So, um, yeah, and I know you guys really, I mean, other than a few little small niggly issues at first, I, mm-hmm. I know, Michael, you've had a couple of issues and stuff. Eric, you, have you, um, I forgot, did we talk about this last week? Did you really have anything? We did. There were some minor issues. I haven't bothered to trying to
2: get service on it yet because the car, of course, is just beautiful. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I plan at some point getting them uh, looked at to see if they can make some some minor adjustments. I see.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I have to say, these cars, I looked at them real close. Um, yeah, they're they're really good. So uh, for those of you who are looking at taking delivery of a Model 3 and you haven't done so yet, I highly encourage, um, and this is just my personal opinion here, that you spend more time inspecting the car than going over orientation if you can. Like, let's face it, a lot of us here are in the forest, we know all about Tesla. We check out the YouTube videos and stuff. That's great. Please do that. Tesla has a, a series of videos where you can learn some of the basics of the car. So... My personal opinion here is that most of your time should be spent on inspecting the car and making note of any kind of deficiencies or little things you need to fix and stuff, rather than taking an orientation. Part of the fun of having a new car is discovering some of the new stuff kind of, you know, on your own, rather mm-hmm. than let somebody take you by the hand. I'm not saying, I'm not denigrating that some people need hand-holding. I, I, that's great. Um, you know, there's been some talk on the forum, of course, and on the Facebook uh, pages here for in Canada. like like uh, people are like, they're just, they're so like excited to get the car is like I don't want the orientation. Just give me the damn keys, I'm gone. <laughs> I get that, uh, but I do encourage people to really take some time and and actually go over the cars and and just note any deficiencies. So um, yeah, so we'll, oh, we'll kinda one, one
1: thing I'd add to that, um, and I'm not telling people to show up at the delivery with a flashlight. I'm certainly not saying that, <laughs> but the joy and beauty of getting an electric car if the delivery happens most likely inside, um, which is mm-hmm. really nice. But you're not out in the sunlight so you might see some things later Uh, trev was at my delivery filmed the delivery of the car Um, we both did not see and we walked the car with a fine-tooth comb Um, there were no panel gap issues but there was a little paint defect on my trunk um, just under the overhang basically a shadow would be cast on it you'd never see it unless you were shining a flashlight on it so again i'm not saying go with a flashlight that didn't mm-hmm. stop me from having fun with the car for fifty five hundred miles before I brought it in, <laughs> and um, Tesla fixed the paint for free. I was without it for a couple of days and had a Model S loaner, so no big deal, um, no reason I wouldn't have. Had I noticed it, I wouldn't have rejected the delivery. I would have taken the car after waiting two years anyway. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But just be mindful—you might see something a day later, two days later. Tesla's going to take care of it, so don't don't even worry about it if you catch it late. Um, they absolutely stand by their
0: work, yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, even the smallest little issue I took my x in today i 've got a little tiny scratch in my windshield that's i couldn 't tell if it was inside or outside or inside the mm-hmm. glass, and they said look if it 's def- if it 's a defect we'll we 'll just change it and, uh, so anyways we we have to leave that for mm-hmm. another day but yeah they 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 bend over backwards, which is which is really great, and that 's yeah. really appreciative, you know rather than getting the brush off i 've had that happen with a dealer before, or like it 's not our fault i 'm like really, anyway. <laughs> If I can, I want
2: to go back to the white paint conversation yeah. for a second. Uh-huh. There, was a, there was a tweet I saw, I want to say it was yesterday or the day before, where um, a, a current Tesla owner had brought her vehicle into a paint shop. And uh, the paint shop specialist had said, uh, in examining the vehicle, this is some of the most incredibly well-done paint I've seen on a car Ever. So, you know, we know there's some concerns, you know, there's different car materials and, you know, the plastics and the different paints being used. But from what from what again, it's one person's opinion. But, you know, this person was saying that of all the cars I've seen, all the cars I've touched, the paint job on Teslas are by far some of the best I've ever seen. Uh, so, you know, there, you know, Reddit users, you guys are fantastic. But, um, you know, what we're seeing in a few cars in Texas, of course, like you said, Trevor, it's not necessarily the norm. Uh, And I think, you know, other than a couple paint swirls on someone's thing or as Michael pointed out on on his trunk lid, it's, you know, we're talking minor, minor imperfections. But as our conversation last week, we talked about with the breakdown for Monroe, we're seeing the dinosaur tech improve every single week. So by the time, you know, we hit the 10,000 mark, I would imagine that the cars are pretty much coming out like top notch.
0: Yeah, I think the the paint quality uh, that Tesla uses is very good. It's it's, It's applied very good. But you have to do keep in mind, California has some rather stringent environmental laws when it comes to paint. So my understanding is Tesla doesn't use as many VOCs in their paint. So what it does is it ends up being a little on the soft side, especially the clear coat. So, um, you know, I know there's been a lot of discussions, of course, on the forums and online, of course, because I went through the whole process of putting paint protection film and, and all that stuff on the car. And for me, because I'm keeping the car, uh, it's a lot of money. I just wanted to make sure to put that extra protection on there. And I'm glad I did, because I already have a couple of little uh, uh, rock chip dings um, on the front of mm-hmm. the car that, that, that the paint protection film took the hit and not the paint. So I'm very glad for that. So in a few years, mm-hmm. I can just Peel it off and just put a new one on. Hopefully the paint underneath is really good. So, um, yeah, I know it's an extra little budget that you have to do and stuff, but uh, if you plan on keeping the car, and especially with these cars in the front where you've got, you know, a lot of plastic, of course, uh, that could be damaged. uh, You know, maybe not so much in Florida, but up here we use a lot of stuff on the roads in the wintertime. Sometimes it's gravel. Yeah, it can be. It can really wreak havoc on the front of a car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know. And then S and X because it's aluminum. Yeah, okay. it Won't rust. It'll corrode a little bit on a Model Three. Yeah, okay. Mostly the skins are aluminum stuff. But you just never know. So if you budget, that's great. But um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know what? I think what we're going to do here is uh, some of you are watching um, live out on YouTube in the chat window. If you'd like to throw some questions at uh, at Michael or Eric, go ahead and do so. I have to wait a few seconds. There's a little bit of a delay here. So maybe we'll see if we can find somebody with a question here. I'm just looking through. We mm-hmm. me just wait for us see if anybody out there in the chat room there just wants to throw a question at these guys. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I do want to see while we're waiting for questions. Sure. Uh, for those of you guys that have, are tuning into the channel, Thank you so much. Uh, make sure you follow us. Uh, we're all on Twitter. We appreciate all the followers we've had uh, in the last couple weeks with the new show. Um, again, we're, we're getting all the kinks out with this as soon as we can, but uh, we appreciate you guys watching live now. And if you're, of course, watching, this is a rebroadcast later. Thanks for watching. We hope you continue watching in the weeks ahead.
0: Well said, Eric. Thank you. Um, well, we got a question right here from Damien. Damien says, should I get Expel Shield right away? Um, Okay, so I'll, I'll answer this uh, since I've had it done on my car. Um, I highly recommend that you get it do, uh, done as soon as possible. I took delivery of my Model X in December. Um, I could not, because of scheduling and vacation stuff, I could not get it in until early February. And uh, when we did the, um, uh, the paint protection film on the front, I already had a small little rock chip underneath the headlight, um, and it shows black underneath because these bumpers are black. And then they're painted uh, with whatever finish color that you have on the car. So uh, if you're going to get paint protection filled, don't delay. Get it done as soon as possible to prevent um, any of these rock chips from you know, from forming because it's, it's tough to fix after the fact. So that's my recommendation. Um, let's see here. Uh, ben Dixon says, watt-hour per kilometer or per mile. Um, any of you guys want to give us a, a rough idea? Of course, you're in the warmer weather here in Florida. So um, what do you... Any uh, any opinions on that? What are, what I'm, are you guys I'm, seeing?
2: I'm averaging, I'm averaging about 254 kilowatts per hour.
1: Uh, see, per I'm stepping on the pedal too hard. I'm at 260 right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I average, uh, well, of course, I'm in kilometers, so the measurement's a little different. Um, mm-hmm. In the summertime right now, I'm seeing uh, around the 200 range per kilometer. Of course, it's a Model X it weighs a lot more, and it's a pig. <laughs> Uh, in the winter months, I've seen <laughs> as high as uh, 350, 400. Um, now, I just put my 22-inch um, turbine wheels on there, and I've definitely seen an increase in, uh, in in watt-hours per kilometer, about 20% more. So on a really good day like today, uh, you know, I was getting 200, but I average on the well, uh when I came back from Montreal, it was around 250. So it's it's not quite winter. It's not winter, but, you know, It's not as efficient as I was Mm -hmm. hoping it to be.
1: I've got to say, I love the miles per gallon equivalent measure. Um, (laughs) I think that's really where it kind of sticks it to the ICE car. Yes. Um, My car's Mm -hmm. number is 130 miles per gallon equivalent right now. Mm -hmm. That really helps when you're thinking in terms of what does a gas car get versus what does an EV car car do at the time.
0: Okay. Well, let's have a look here. We have another question. Um, let me see here. Um, and I can't pronounce your name here. It's probably a short name. Emmy Cichas says, Hey Trevor, between a Performance Model 3 and a Model S 100D, what would you get? Uh, they may be less than 10K apart. Well, I don't know about 10K apart. Uh, the 100D here in Ontario is a $20,000 premium over the 75. So it's pretty expensive. Um, I mean, there's going to be a wide gap between, say, performance Model 3 and the Model S performance because they're different motors, different technologies, and so on and so forth. Um, I don't know. I think I would go for a Model 3 performance over a Model S. Um, Ludacris is a different animal altogether, of course, because that's just too violent for my taste, but that's just me. Um, if the cost delta was around 15, 10 to 15 which I think the performance model may come in at... Um, Yeah, I'd I'd like the Model 3, but it's, you know, I don't know. (laughs) We'll have to see. I mean, once you drive it, maybe you get a different opinion. Okay, let's see here. What else can we do? I really should have
1: put my... Think of it in terms of cars you already know and you've already seen. Uh, They're two completely different cars. Would you take a BMW M3 or M4 over a... Seven Series BMW. It's most likely a completely different target audience, and this will probably fall into the same category. You've got a small, fast sedan, or kind of the the bigger, slower. I am going to go for a long distance car.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, just a correction. And Emiciage says it's Emil- it's Emiliano. So thank you very much uh, for correcting me on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just saw one go by here by my friend Matt Abadia. He says, uh, "Have you uh, have any of you done a, a Chatamo uh, charge on your Model 3? And we know what the answer is.
1: That's a no for me.
0: Nope. I Modern, haven't. Now, uh, the Chatmo adapter has yet to be enabled for the Model 3. We don't know what the situation is. We know that Tesla was testing the Chatmo adapter last year in the um, release candidate phase. But yet, they've yet to enable it for the Model 3. So right now, if you uh, your supercharge it, your only option for fast DC charging on the Model 3 until they do some kind of update. Now, whether they update the car's firmware or the Chatmo firmware, we don't know. The uh, Chathamo right now, the adapter only works on the S and the X, so I hope that answers your question there, Matt. But uh, we all have our fingers crossed for that because it's a good safety net to have, right? Okay, let's go down here and see what else. Uh wow, I'm getting questions for me. It's not fair. Ask the guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Marcellus says, do you always carry your key card, valet card with you? Mm-hmm.
2: As a matter of fact, I have
0: it on me right now because oh. I always carry it around because you just never know. <laughs> oh, um, there
2: you go. So, so I, I've been pretty fortunate so far. I've never had an issue with my phone not connecting to the car via Bluetooth or uh, with the technology. Um, but sometimes the app takes a while to wake up. So if I'm trying to get the app to run and something's weird's happening, and I'm like, I have to go because we've had Florida uh, rain for the better part of the last week. Um, I can quickly take my card, swipe the B pillar. And I can get in my car without having to wait for the phone. So uh, it's inconvenient to have, but if your phone dies, if the car is unresponsive, if the app isn't
0: working right, the card is a definite uh, escape for you no matter what. Have either of you asked Tesla what the cost of a replacement key card is? My understanding it's like five bucks.
1: Yeah, the word on the forum is
0: $10 for a pair. Well, that's a pretty good deal. Mm. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, Versus I'll order like five hundred for che- cheaper than getting box.
2: a fob for some other car. Oh
0: yeah, my key fob died on my Model X. I had to go and get it replaced right away, and they had you know they had to reprogram it. I mean, that's I mean, whew. yeah, I would hate to do oh. that. Now there was uh, of course a segue into what uh, Elon's tweet was. Of course, that they're going to do some kind of uh, Bluetooth unlock on a phone on the S and X. So it it won't be key card really, but we'll be able to do the same thing. Approach the car with your phone. I'm really looking forward nice. to that uh, because. Um, She's not listening here, but Wifey always forgets her key fobs. <laughs> so if I can tie her phone to the car, that'll be a real big bonus. <laughs> Sorry, Bev. Yeah.
1: I'll, uh, I'll add the car key was my last key. So the move to the Model 3 meant no more keychain. Um, I don't go anywhere without a wallet. So there's no reason not to have this paper-thin credit card in my wallet just uh, hanging out. I've had a 99% success ratio <laughs> with the phone as a key. I've seen on the forums mm-hmm. Android has not been as stable, so be mindful of that if you've got an Android. It's not 100% yet. I had one situation where I got in the car, and I was early somewhere, and I was just kind of hanging out in the car, and and I guess it sensed put me in park and kind of stopped or turned off, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, when it turned back on, because I didn't leave the car, leave the Bluetooth field and get back, the car got confused, and it wanted that key card. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would not let me put it back and drive without the key card. So I'd say yeah. Yeah, absolutely keep it on you. Um, and it's really, you, you probably have a wallet with you. You can get rid of your <laughs> keys, hopefully. But uh, you're, if you're going to have a wallet anyway, just keep it. It's worth it. Okay.
2: And you also never know if you're going to go to a place where you have to value your vehicle. We have some places here in South Florida where you have no choice but value your car. You can't self-park unless you want to park several you know, several blocks out of the way. So if you all, all of a sudden have to come across valet and you have to do it, you want to have that car on you at
0: all times. <clears throat> Don't make the mistake that I did when I was testing <laughs> I was testing the Model Three last year with Ken where we put it in valet mode and we went to the restaurant and mm-hmm. came back out. We forgot to take it out of valet mode and we were all like freaking oh, out. No we, we were like, Where'd the performance go? <laughs> oh, we had a good laugh over that one. That didn't make it into the video, but oh we we're killing ourselves. Like uh, it's
2: funny now, but in the moment you're like, Oh my god, what do we do?
0: <laughs> we're like, we, we we broke the car, we broke the car. And then I saw on the screen it said valet, and I went you're Oh, I should have had a V eight, you know? That was crazy. <laughs> Um, well here's here's the question. Yeah, go who, ahead.
2: Who left it in there? Was it was it your fault or was it Ken's fault?
0: It was it was my fault. Well, right. I, put, I put it in valet mode. We went to dinner, Ken drove the car, and he was like, Where'd the performance go? You guys were having fun, where's my fun? And then I was poking around <laughs> the screen and I saw Valet and I went, Oh, there well there, there's a problem. So we had to fix that. Alright, uh, question here, this is a real easy one. Hockey Day says, Do you only get one key card on delivery? You get two, you get two, and like I said, it's only ten bucks for two more. So, give them another ten bucks, and then you have some spares, right?
1: We have a mm-hmm. fun thread going actually on on the uh, on Trevor's forum. Um, we have a besides well, everybody's forum, uh, not just been I... Playing around with taking apart the uh, the uh, key card and trying to get the bits inside to go into a traditional huh. fob. Kind of playing around with some things with that. So uh, they're cheap; you can have some fun with them. I mm. have not taken mine apart yet, but. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll
0: do that. <laughs> okay, we'll uh, we'll do two more questions here, and then we'll sign off. Um, there's a question here from Garland. It says, guys, if there's a single option that you didn't get, what would that option be? It can be a non-Tesla option. What would you really like to see in the car? Wow. I know what Michael's going to say, he's going to show us here in a second.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I guess I could show you because I'm sitting in the car. You're not I'm supposed to talk through.
0: about it, but you can show us right? Okay, Michael, go first.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, that would be the, thank you, Trev. Uh, I've got two, actually. So I'll start with the easier one. (laughs) One is a grab handle. Uh, I wish (laughs) Tesla's had grab handles. Um, Yeah, I agree. Not a deal breaker. Certainly Mm -hmm. not. I bought the car and I wouldn't trade it in for anything, but I wish it had a grab handle. Uh, Number two, and there's a remedy for it, or at least it's hitting the market basically right now, and that's wireless charging for the phone. Um, I was mm-hmm. fortunate enough to get in as a as kind of an early beta tester with the Jetta wireless pad. Um they've asked me not to share any any feedback good or bad or take any pictures of it and I'm definitely going to hold true to that but I'm um, sure they wouldn't mind me saying you're going to want that product. So uh happy to say that for them and uh that takes care of wireless charging for your easiest 100 bucks you can spend, your- right?
0: Best 100 right. bucks you can spend? 100%. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. How yeah. about you Eric? You know what?
1: I kind
2: of also agree with that with the wireless charging because I have an iPhone eight, so the ability to just kind of set it and let it do its thing would be great. Um, but also, I think it'd be great if we had uh, self-presenting handles because uh, there are times where your hands are somewhat full. Um, I've gotten, I mean, I quickly adapted to how to open that handle like four different ways on the car, both driver and passenger side. Um, but I think there are some people who would just like to be able to just kind of reach their hand in and pull it like the S does. Um, but that would that would be pretty cool if, if that uh, was an option.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, out of all the cars, I like the, what they did on the Model X being a push-button thing, although I have to always tell people, mm-hmm. you got to push the button. You can't just tap it, right, because everybody <laughs> thinks it's like touch-sensitive. It's not. But it, it comes with its own set of complications, of course, because now you got to have actuators in the doors. That's a different animal altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, from a reliability standpoint, um, if you were to compare the S and the 3, the, the Model 3 is hand-down way better because those Model, 3, those Model S door handles break all the time. I have one friend of mine here who's had eight of them over the oh, course wow. of, you know, so they've, they've been very problematic, and Tesla knows this, mm-hmm. uh, so that's one of the reasons of course they went with the simpler door handle situation on the Model 3, so, yeah. Now um, I do
2: want to add, I, I, was, I was very happy, because the one thing I was torn on was the 18 or 19 inch wheels when I was mm-hmm. looking for my order, yeah. um, but I, I went with the 18s because I'm like, it's not just the look, because the look I think is fine, uh, but it's more of the extra efficiency. You know, yes. Michael talked earlier about trying to ease off the accelerator a little bit more to kind of get more of that regen braking energy back into the car, uh, but for me, it was also the added bonus of getting at least a 5% back um, uh, or the extra uh, mileage on having the, um, the aero covers, so and I've left them on the car, and people are like, it's still a good-looking car, so
0: I like it. We're getting a lot of questions now, but uh, we really have to cut it off soon. I'll, we'll do one more. Um, this, is, this is one I think is really good here. Uh, David C. Jolly says, uh, how accurate is the trip planner in terms of percentage left in the battery? Michael, you did a really long road trip, didn't you, recently?
1: Yep. I uh, did just shy of 450 miles. Um, and my answer is an unfortunate one. It's an, it depends. <laughs> yes. uh, it's mm-hmm. all about the speed you're going and the conditions around you. Is it windy? Is it raining? Are you going too fast, too slow? Stop and go. Do you get that regen effect? So what I can tell you is when I was doing about 77 miles per hour, about exactly 77 miles an hour with <laughs> autopilot on on the highway, with the 19-inch wheels, I got about 83% of the range, That's uh, so I, I lost 17% at that point. When I dropped down to 55 um, on a different stretch of road and had a little bit of stop-and-go mixed in, I got 100% of the range, uh, so your estimate on where you're going to be will also have an effect on how fast you're going and all the conditions around you, so I hope that helps. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a, it depends, I hate to answer that <laughs> way, but
0: definitely depends yeah no i agree 100 percent. i mean i've i know my car now so when it puts in an estimate in there i know that within i'm within three percent of you know of the, of the rated range and stuff but that that just comes from being familiar with the car so everybody's going to have a different experience based on how you drive and in the, the conditions so but i I, I, I have found that the the trip planner's pretty darn accurate in most cases mm-hmm. and stuff but you got to leave yourself a little bit of a margin it's, it's not like a 50 percent margin but it's you know it's pretty yeah. reliable that way. So, anyhow, yeah, um, I've go ahead, at, Eric. at worst I've had I'm I've, gonna say at
2: worst I've had maybe a five to seven percent difference between what the actual number was versus what was planned on the trip when I started it. Um, but again, it's all based on driving conditions, if the AC's is running, that wipers are on, that sort of thing. But I've, I've had no worse than about five to seven percent off from when it started to when I finished.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. Okay. Well, uh, you know what? We're going to call it a night uh, for everybody. So uh, keep the questions coming, folks, for the next show when we do it next week. Um, let's try and get the questions a little bit earlier so I don't have to prod you. And then that way we can get more questions answered for the next time. So before we sign off, Eric, where can we find you on the interwebs?
2: You can find me on Twitter at ECFIX. That's E-C-F-I-X on Twitter.
1: And Michael, how about you? Give yourself a plug. Find me in two places. One is on Twitter as well, at Michael R. Bodner. And uh, like Eric, you'll probably find me all over Trev's posts, so real easy to find us. And um, on the Model 3 Owners Club Forum, I am uh, Sofla Model 3
0: Excellent. Well, thanks for that, guys. Well, as usual, thanks for the uh, two guests for joining us on the show tonight. And uh, we appreciate it for those of you who are tuning in. Each and every week, we're going to do this on a regular basis here on Thursdays at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That'll be 5 5 p.m uh pacific time because i know we got a lot of the listeners on the california of course of course and uh so we'll leave it at that you can find me on twitter i'm very active there the handles at model 3 owners and don't forget to check out our forum at model3ownersclub.com and if you like the show we'd really appreciate it if you take a look at our patreon page you can find that at patreon.com forward slash model 3 Owners Club. all the supporters help keep this going anyways that's it for tonight and we will catch you next week folks and thanks for watching